First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They are warm, breathable, silent, and odor resistant. But the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands, so we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything. Re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind, First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, all of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com. Podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newharth, and today we're joined by Giannis Putellis, Brody Henderson, Seth Morris, Rick Houghton, Corey Calkins, Maggie Smith, Max Barda, and Hansi Dershermeyer. This is a 10-round quiz show with questions from Meat Eater's four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there's a prize. Meat Eater will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. Each week here on Meat Eater Trivia, we reveal a new stat. This week, we're looking at the average length of episodes with and without Steve. A few listeners have pointed out to me that episodes with Steve tend to be longer, so I had to look for myself. Here's how the data breaks down after more than 45 episodes. Shows with Steve are on average 44.1 minutes, while episodes without Steve are 40.8 minutes. That's a 3.3 minute difference, meaning that episodes with Steve tend to be 8% longer. So they're complaining because they don't want to live? Like, I don't... Like I, getting, it's not a complaint. It's just an observation yeah. that folks have. So I need everyone in the room to turn up their banter like ten percent, and then maybe we'll make up for uh, Steve not being here. Does I mean, this? Does this mean? Did, did you already do this stat? Does it mean that he whines three minutes per episode? <laughs> or argues? some? Some might say. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that. There's also an element of. I thought you looked up like oh, how yeah, much complaints time per he spends, episode. Yeah, complaining. Yeah, he, he dominates that category. Uh, He's throwing out a lot of factoids and stuff too. It, it's it's sometimes good banter. Uh, also, in Steve's defense, we usually have the podcast guest here when Steve is on the show, uh, which introduces a little more banter on that end. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's not just all. All Steve. But everybody just needs to crank up their banter, like 10%, and then we'll make up the difference. Okay. Can, can you do that for me? Yep. Suck it, sure Spencer. Try. Here's some banter. You said Hansi's last name wrong. Oh, no. Oh, you did. You did. All right, yeah. correct me. How, how did I say it, and what's the right way? Dershermeyer is how you said it. Uh -huh. It's Deshermeyer. Deshermeyer. It's just phonetic. It's just phonetic. You just okay. follow Can you spell that? Hansi, ask, ask Spencer to say Jaguar. Ooh, I want to hear this. Jaguar. Jaguar. <laughs> Jaguar. There we go. Oh, so it's natural that you just, you know, kind of ignore phoneticism. Yeah, just mess everything up. Nice. What, what percentage of folks mess up your last name as opposed to getting it right? It's like, it's like 50%. Uh, but, oh, okay. but yeah, but like there's a certain, it's not that hard, right? I mean, no, it's not. Yeah. No. And, but there's a certain like 25% that say it and then they're like, I got it, didn't I? Like, I like, I like I'm going to give them a prize for like pronouncing <laughs> I mean, my name correctly. Uh -huh. now, I, I have these little gift cards in my back pocket yeah, yeah, just, just for you. <laughs> I caught a lot of hell 
a couple episodes ago for pronouncing um, the state where Denver is a certain way. And we got a lot of feedback uh, pertaining to my pronunciation versus Steve's pronunciation. We'll cover that on a future episode, though. How can you bring that up and not talk about it? We'll get to it on a future episode. I have a linguist that I need to track You're talking down. about the state wow. that Giannis and I used to live yes, in. Yes, that state. I think there's only one way to pronounce that. What is it? Colorado. Okay. We will we'll cover it off. Did you say Colorado? We'll cover it off on a future episode. You wanted Let's banter. This is banter here for you. Now, we have some housekeeping to get to before we play. In a previous game of trivia, I asked players to name one of the seven states that don't allow the use of dogs to blood track wounded big game. The answer, which I got from unitedbloodtrackers.org, was Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, Washington, Oregon, Nevada, and Arizona. But it turns out that was wrong, and every hunter from Washington reached out to let me know. In June of 2022, Washington made it legal to use a leashed dog to blood trail big game within 72 hours of the shot. This does not apply to bear or cougar, though. So that means that there are now just six states left where using blood trailing dogs is illegal. Now, cameraman Lauren Moulton did give Washington as an answer, which, as we now know, is incorrect. But he was not in the running to win the show or beat the other cameramen. So it didn't change the outcome of the game. Washington made it legal last year to blood trail big game. Those other six states need to get on it. They're all confused in Washington. Oh, buddy. <laughs> they just don't know what to do in that state. Also on a previous show, we had a question about Maryland being the only state without any natural lakes, which inspired Brody to ask what the technical difference is between a pond and a lake. Here's what I found. There's no agreed upon distinction between the two, but most limnologists use the rule that a pond becomes a lake when it gets deep enough where sunlight can't reach the bottom. So it's not about surface area, it's about depth. Then how can there like how can you have a definitive answer for that question? The Maryland I don't, I don't remember who managed the I want to know if I if lost that that round by like one point. I don't remember if it's the Maryland DNR, Maryland Game and Parks, whatever it is. They're even the ones who, like, put this stat out there. Um, so their own, like, game management agency um, agrees that they don't have any natural lakes. So you're going to have to take it up with them on, on the pond versus lake distinction. What was that uh, word you, you used? Limnologist. Yeah. That's somebody who studies water, I believe. I fresh took, water. took a class in that in college. Oh, what'd you learn? I mean, about fresh water. Uh-huh. <laughs> Did you go to college in Minnesota? Yes, I did. It's got to be a good place Our to Our campus to had limnology. five lakes on it. So. That's great. Now, the Shelby Index for this round is a four, so our winner should get about eight correct answers. And with that, we're on to the game of trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Game on, suckers! Question one. The topic is biology. This first great question comes to us via Michelle Buckley. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. Which of these animals is known to develop limber tail? Is it ducks, dogs, white-tailed deer, or beaver? Say that word again. Which of these animals is known to develop limber tail? Is it ducks, dogs, White-tailed deer or beaver? Limber tail. 
Four choices, ducks, dogs, white-tailed deer, and beaver. Nobody was writing before I gave the choices. Um, so folks look confident, but not that confident. Limbertail. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying dogs, Rick saying dogs, Brody saying beaver, Hansi, Maggie, Corey, Seth, and Giannis all saying dogs. So the only outlier is Brody saying beaver. That scares me kind of. The correct answer is dogs. Oh, oh. Damn it. This is also known as cold tail, swimmer's tail, or broken wag. It's a muscle sprain that causes a limp tail and takes about a week to heal. It's often the result of excessive tail use in cold or wet conditions or from being in a crate for too long. For more on this condition, read our article on TheMeatEater.com called Cold Weather Bird Dog Concerns. Now, all you dog owners in the room, who has seen broken wag? I have. I definitely have. Yeah. My get- dog doesn't have a tail, so how would I know? <laughs> <laughs> My dog's tail's too short. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it's it, sad it, to it see. Looks, it looks painful for him, oh, man. honestly. Like, like a happy dog that can't wag his tail? Yeah, it just it's wags terrible. his whole butt without wagging its tail, really. Yeah, my dog gets depressed. That happens yeah. to him a lot, actually. Yeah, from what? Playing in the snow, somehow. Mm, like, if yeah. he's bounding through the snow, I don't know yeah. if he pulls something back there. Does it take about a week to heal, then? Yeah. And just for a week, it just is it like a cowers. dislocated tail? Or no, it's like, just like a muscle, muscle sprain. sprain. Yeah, mm. yeah, and it'll just like his tail tucked through his legs. And you see it a lot with water because they use their tail as like a rotor a little bit too when they're swimming. Muskrats. Yeah. Brody starts out oh for one. Why do you <laughs> like, like? Why do you got to point that out? Another way you can get it, Minga's got it this way: is he jumped out of the truck when the truck was doing probably twenty-five or thirty, and oh, no. uh, did a couple somersaults <laughs> and out into the sagebrush. Well, and, if that's uh, the worst that came out of that experience, then well, it, it he seems had a little okay. bit of blood in his uh, stool, you know. So it, it wasn't great. We were a little okay. scared, but he seems to have recovered. Was fully. there a cat track that he got excited about? Uh, we don't know. We don't know. We were just cruising along, and he learned his, out he went. Did he learn his lesson? He hasn't done that since. Okay. No. <laughs> Question two. The topic is fishing. According to NPR, this is television's longest-running program event ever, which is dedicated to correcting misconceptions about dangerous fish. According to NPR, this is television's longest-running programming event ever, which is dedicated to correcting misconceptions about dangerous fish. Is this show still on? Not going to give any hints. A quick answer from Max. Not so much. Quick guess. The rest of the room. One more time here. According to NPR, this is television's longest-running programming event ever, which is dedicated to correcting misconceptions about dangerous fish. Max, you think you got this one? I don't know. This is the only thing I could think of. Okay. Really, so. Rest of the room starting to come up with some answers. I don't like these questions about watching TV, man. <laughs> I'm with you, Brody. It's like... I only make it, I don't watch it. Yeah. Only make it, don't watch yeah. it. Television's longest-running programming time. event ever. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying River Monsters, Rick saying NPR Fish Show, Brody saying Shark Week, Hansi saying Dangerous Fish, Maggie without an answer, Corey saying Deadliest Catch, Seth saying Dangerous Fish, and Giannis saying Shark Week. We have a correct answer in the room. It is Shark Week. Ooh. 
Since really? 1987, Shark Week has been put on by the Discovery Channel every summer. It's considered the best conservation movement on their behalf. Hosts of the programming event have included Les Stroud, Shaquille O'Neal, Mike Rowe, Andy Samberg, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson. It was in there, wasn't it? In your head, that answer? Didn't they uh, make... Yeah, t- I've never watched one second of Shark Week. I haven't either, but you know yeah, about I, it. I, I do well, know about it. Wasn't there a thing a few years ago where they made Tyson jump in a shark cage or something and he was freaking out? They, they've they've kind of moved a little bit away from their ethos of like making educational content about right, sharks. It. It's, and it's become more of a spectacle. Yeah, and then they had a new CEO that took over like a few years ago who said no more of that stuff. Um, like they made some some movie i think that was adjacent to sharknado and they had like michael <laughs> phelps race a shark um so it, it really devolved but now it's coming back to where they once were good, question good three hear. question three the topic is conservation this is our listener question of the week which was won by john honeycutt for sending this great question john is going to get a one-year premium subscription to on if you want a chance to win our on listener question of the week then send your question to trivia at the America's largest amphibian, which is sometimes called the devil dog, is considered a threatened species. What is it? America's largest amphibian, which is sometimes called the devil dog, is considered a threatened species. What is it? Brody with the quickest answer in the room. Brody, you know this one? Well... I got it written down. We'll see if I decide to change it if anything else okay. pops up. Brody, I think I beat you, actually. Oh, Maggie. Maggie, with the quick, Maggie, you know this Devil one? Dog? Let Spencer have it, you know? Let Spencer have it. He's focused too much on me That's anyway. right. The, the limnologist Try, trying here. Trying to fill in for Steve's banter because I normally don't talk on these. America's <laughs> largest amphibian, which is sometimes called the devil dog, is considered a threatened species. I got all kinds of questions about the word largest, too. What is it? I'm thinking devil dog. And There's many ways to category. I, I think uh, by, by weight. <clears throat> really? But I think by every measurement, it's the largest. Can you say See, the question no, one more time? Got... America's largest amphibian, which is sometimes called the devil dog, is considered a threatened species. What is it? A few more folks coming up with answers, but much of the room looks stumped. It's just the devil dog that's stumping me. Well, forget about that part then, Max. Just what is America's largest <laughs> amphibian? Does that help you? No. Um, Yanni? I have three answers written down, Spencer. <laughs> That's how confident I am. Show them to me. Let's see what you're working with. You going to pick one? <laughs> did you look down or did you look up? Or to the left or to the I right? I looked at all three answers. Was this North or South America? Oh, in yeah, America. Does everybody have an answer? Yeah. Oh, North America's big. I wasn't really thinking about... Oh, Brody. <laughs> stick with Now, it? it's, it's America. I didn't say North America or South America. Like, our 50 states. That's the United States, oh. not United America. United States. Does everybody gotcha. have an answer? I'm not writing one down. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max without an answer. Oh, Brody Rick saying Salamander. Brody saying Hellbender. Yeah. Hansi saying Gila Monster. Marge saying giant salamander, Corey saying Newt, Seth saying Hellbender, and Giannis saying Nematode. We have a correct answer in the room. It's Hellbender, Brody, and Seth 
Got it. Well, I'm glad it didn't. Uh, good down. old Pennsylvania boys know they're amphibians. <laughs> yep. Hellbenders can room. grow up yep. to <laughs> no, I, what I is this thing? Can Hellbenders I? can grow up to 30 inches long and weigh up to five pounds. There are two subspecies of Hellbenders, which are the Eastern Hellbender and Ozark Hellbender. Other nicknames for the salamander include Snot Otter, Allegheny Alligator, and Lasagna Lizard. I'm glad I didn't write Kyle The largest thing <laughs> was throwing me, though, because I've seen some heavy-duty bullfrogs so I, in my I, time. I checked, and I, I the heaviest bullfrog <laughs> I could find uh, did not beat the heaviest You're doing hellbender. Homework. I like it, Spencer. Question four. The topic is public lands. Located on the border of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, this is considered America's deepest river gorge. Located on the border of Oregon, Washington, and Idaho, this is considered America's deepest river gorge. Do we have anybody in this room who's from Oregon, Washington, or Idaho? I don't think so. Phil. Phil. Phil, do you know this one? Uh, I would have known the river, not okay. the name of the gorge. Deepest yep. river gorge. Are you accepting the name of the river? You tell me what the deepest river gorge is in America... And I'll tell you if it's right or wrong. <laughs> Max, you're always trying to I don't get away with gonna, something. I don't think he's going to accept the name of the river, Max. Does, you know everybody, the the river? does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying, what's that say, Max? Oahe River Gorge. Rick saying <laughs> Hell's Canyon. Brody saying Hell's Canyon. Hansi saying Hell's Canyon. Marge saying Columbia River Gorge. Corey saying Hell's Canyon. What'd you cross out there, Corey? Snake. Snake. Seth saying Hell's Canyon, Yanni saying Hell's Canyon. They got it. It is Hell's Canyon or the Snake River Canyon. Either answer. Didn't even oh, he would have taken come the river. I would have taken Snake River Canyon. Hell's Canyon is a 10-mile-wide gorge that's 8,000 feet deep, which is 2,000 feet deeper than the Grand Canyon. The top of the canyon was formed by volcanoes over the last 300 million years, and the bottom of the canyon has been carved out by the Snake River over the last 15,000 years. Hell's Canyon. Question five. We will get a scoreboard update from Phil after this. The topic is gear. This next great question comes to us via Cody Spivey. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. This scientific term refers to the influence that Earth's rotation has on a bullet's trajectory. This scientific term refers to the influence that Earth's rotation has on a bullet's trajectory. Very quick answers from Brody, Giannis, and Rick. Rest of the room, not so much. Come on, Seth. Corey? Mm -hmm. It's a scientific term refers to the influence that Earth's rotation has on a bullet's trajectory. You know, while some people are still working on their answers, you guys remember that skit uh, on SNL when uh, Will Ferrell was playing Trebek? And then (laughs) I forget who was playing Burt Reynolds. Oh, yeah. Norm MacDonald. Norm MacDonald, that's right. I can watch it over and over, but I feel like we need that character in here to just give bad answers to Spencer. <laughs> the, the, Burt the Connery, yeah. Connery was yeah, good. Was in that. Oh, yeah, Sean Connery. Sean, that's yeah. who I was. Sean Connery. They did no Reynolds too, but they played Sean Connery. That's who yeah, was being the Daryl Hammond that, played Sean Connery. They're the yeah. best SNL skits. Sometimes we just organically have folks that provide bad answers, so get that anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Me. This question might be one of them. 
Does everybody have an answer for the scientific term that refers to the influence that Earth's rotation has on a bullet's trajectory? I bet Shelby didn't know Just, this one. <laughs> I was going to say, Giannis was quick on a draw on this okay. one. Okay. Does everybody have an answer? Just put something, Max. Come on. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max without an answer. Rick saying Coriolis effect. Brody saying rotational drift. Hansi saying centrifugal force. Marge without an answer. Corey saying velocity. saying ojive. Giannis saying Coriolis effect. We have a correct answer in the room. It's Coriolis effect, which Giannis and Rick got. The Coriolis effect is negligible at most hunting applications, but becomes noticeable when shooting out to 800 yards or more. In the Northern Hemisphere, if you're shooting north or south, your bullet will hit right of target. In the Southern Hemisphere, if you're shooting north or south, your bullet will hit left of target. In both hemispheres, if you're shooting east, you'll hit high, and if you're shooting west, you'll hit low. Now, Rick, is this something that you have to account for when you're doing some long-range shooting, or do you not worry about the Coriolis effect? It depends on what you consider long-range. Most hunting, like if you're 800 or in, no, you're not really. But, you're, you're, but beyond that, depending on cartridge, yeah, you want to start thinking about it. But I would say most shooters in America do not need to worry about that ever. So. Coriolis effect. Was that in your head, Brody? Did, did you have it up there somewhere? No, I would not have gotten that. We are halfway through the game of trivia. Now, before we get a scoreboard update, Maggie, we are going to give you giant salamander. I looked, uh, and some people call them that. It refers to the also the giant salamanders that live in Asia. Uh, but but I like you, Maggie, so we're going to give you a point. Yes. <laughs> Phil, knowing that, Thank give you, us Spencer. a scoreboard update. Yeah, sure thing. Well, we got Max uh, in dead last with one point, though. He's yes. on the board this time. Limbertail. <laughs> And then coming up behind or ahead of him, we've got Maggie, Hansi, and Corey, all with th- two points apiece now with Maggie's addendum. And now on Seth, Rick, and Brody all have three points. And in first place, it's Giannis Patelis with four points. I love Ooh. the way you say my name, Phil. <laughs> I love saying your name. We need more dog questions, Spencer. <laughs> I want to tell you about an American-made success story and Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. Black Buffalo was built by dippers with decades of smokeless tobacco use. Black Buffalo is all about the history and tradition of dip, but they understand the convenience and discretion modern-day consumers are looking for. Black Buffalo's nicotine pouches give you the versatility to consume discreetly, but keep the ritual with flavors dippers love. Mint, straight, and wintergreen, all proudly made right here in the USA. Tell them, Chili. The reason I like black buffalo pouches is, one, they're very discreet. And what I mean by that is I can throw one in and almost forget it's there. And I prefer the mint pouches. So if you're 21 or older, consume nicotine or tobacco, and want to join the black buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online. They ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. Hey everybody, I'm talking here about Montana Knife Company from our very own state of Montana. This company was founded 
by one of the most experienced master bladesmiths in the world, Josh Smith, who over recent months I've become friends with. And my God, have I learned a lot about knives from this guy. Just a phenomenal hometown company that makes world-renowned knives. Josh has been making knives for 30 years. You get one of these knives up and open it, it is sharp like something that came from outer space. And here's the deal. They make knives that can be sharpened. You can work on these knives. If you don't want to work on them, you send it to them and they'll work on it. They'll get it sharp. Phenomenal hunting knives. If you want to see them in action, we just did, uh, me and uh, John Hayes, the taxidermist, just did a video about how to properly skin a black bear. Um, Watch that video. And in that video, you'll see Montana Knife Company knives in action. MKC products usually sell out in minutes of being released, which is true. But now for the first time, they're dabbling with having knives in stock on their site. So right now you can grab yourself a Blackfoot 2.0 or the Ultralight Speed Goat. Use code MEATEATER and you get 10% off your first order. Montana Knife Company. Working knives for working people. 10% off with the code MEATEATER. That's a good deal. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. Question six. The topic is conservation. What chemical compound nearly drove bald eagles to extinction in the 1960s? Very quick answers from Brody and Rick and Seth and Hansi. Mm, you got it, Giannis? It was Mine was quick, but I don't know if it's right. <laughs> what chemical compound nearly drove bald eagles to extinction in the 1960s? I think I have it. I think I do. Max, Don't. you're really not worried about anyone looking at your board, are you? <laughs> well, everyone else already has their answers laying flat on the table. <laughs> what chemical compound nearly drove bald eagles to extinction in the 1960s? Max, I heard that you have a group of friends who get together and listen to trivia, and then there's a punishment yeah. for who gets last. Yeah. T- tell us about that. Um, yeah, it's just this group of friends that listens to trivia and um, they usually do like dinners or something and listen to trivia while they eat. And then punishment is either like running around the house in the snow with no uh, shoes on. Um, whoever loses has to do the dishes. 
um, just miscellaneous stuff like that. How so. do you think you'd shape up in that conversation? I, I don't know. You don't, you don't I, I'm not going him. over there for dinners anytime soon. His feet, I'll tell you that. His feet would have frostbite. <laughs> <laughs> Again, what chemical compound nearly drove bald eagles to extinction in the 1960s? Does everybody have an answer? Max? Corey? Yeah, I, I got one. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying carbon monoxide, Rick, <laughs> yes. Brody, Hanzi, Maggie all saying DDT, Corey saying lead, Seth and Giannis saying DDT. They got it. The correct answer is DDT. Bald Eagle populations were at an all-time low in 1963 with only 417 nesting pairs left. DDT, which was a pesticide used to kill malaria-carrying mosquitoes, was banned in 1972. The chemical caused eagle eggs to become soft and failed during incubation. How many of those buggers are around now? They're oh, it's everywhere. It's like 70,000. It's, it's wildly uh, up there. Question seven. The topic is cooking. This next great question comes to us via Jake Anderson. If you have a question you think it's right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What is the main ingredient used to make cannibal sandwiches and tiger meat? What is the main ingredient used to make cannibal sandwiches and tiger meat? I need you to be specific with your answer. Topic is cooking. I'm looking for the main ingredient in cannibal sandwiches and tiger meat. Giannis, going back to earlier, the Coriolis effect. Shelby did not get that one right. Did not have that one. Max, you know yeah, this? Yeah, you got to be a little bit of a gun nerd. For that Max, one. I feel like you should know this. I feel like I should too. <laughs> <laughs> I think my girlfriend would be pretty upset with me if I get this one wrong. What so, is the main ingredient used to might make be cannibal sandwiches <laughs> and tiger meat? Be more specific about being specific. <laughs> <laughs> I just need you to be specific. That's not, that like... That could be a cut of meat. That could be a species of animal. That could be. We didn't know it was meat until Brody just said it. Could have been like <laughs> what? wood. That is true. You know, hair. Could have been wood. Mm, nothing. Cannibal sandwiches, though. That should give that away. Oh, not gonna. No, I'm not gonna. That. Not gonna give you any further hints. We'll use our judgment here, and if you got it or not. Does everybody have an answer? Nope. I uh, need 30 more seconds. I've had tiger meat before, but I've never made it. Okay. Someone in this room made me tiger meat. Brody, you got an answer? Yep. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying ground beef. Rick saying meat. Mm. Brody saying raw meat. Hansi saying raw venison. Maggie without an answer. Corey saying monkey cheeks. Seth saying ground meat, Giannis saying ground venison. The correct answer is raw ground meat. Now, if you just said ground meat, I'll give that to you. Okay, you I, I didn't give it to them. And if you, you said specific, oh, don't, don't, don't be erasing oh, stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's see the answers here. If you he's, said he's ground something, I'll give it to you. And if you said raw something, I'll okay, give that who, to you. Who, who wrote <laughs> ground without saying raw? Because I didn't give you a point. Seth, Max. Yeah. I said. Oh, yeah, Hanzi said raw. And Giannis. Oh, Seth, oh, Max, oh, let Giannis. Me. And raw meat is good. Raw, I'll take raw meat or ground meat. Uh, The specific answer would be raw ground meat. Isn't it like two ingredients? 
German communities in the Great Plains refer to it as tiger meat, while those around the Great Lakes call it a cannibal sandwich. The appetizer is made of raw ground meat, raw eggs, raw onions, hot sauce, and lots of spices, and is often served at Super Bowl parties, wedding receptions, and holiday get-togethers. Yeah, let that sit out on a table in the summer heat for a while. And if, you want to, if you want to make it for yourself, then go to TheMeatEater.com and check out my recipe for venison tiger meat. And what Giannis was referring to was the Christmas party, I think, three years ago. Yeah. yeah. I brought I some venison tiger meat what do you do with the leftovers there like, oh it's great you put it in a fridge and then the next day you like make it for breakfast or something it's just like heavily, like cook it yeah it's like heavily spiced ground meat so you can do anything with it turn it into patties throw it in with your eggs you gotta keep whatever. it cold though while it's for out. sure you gotta keep it cold spencer what was the place you said had the best kessler's in aberdeen has the yeah. best tiger meat i've ever had seth and rick were just in aberdeen we never stopped at kessler's. i think no. the bar is pretty low when it comes to tiger meat when you say <laughs> best like how good can it be very good we're on question eight the topic is fishing what underwear brand supposedly changed their logo because of the bad luck it brought fishermen Quick answer from Hansi, Brody, Giannis, Max. Again, the question is what underwear brand supposedly changed their logo because of the bad luck it brought fishermen? Rest of the room starting to file in with answers. Seems like everyone's feeling good about it, except for Seth. Yeah. Doesn't wear underwear when he's fishing. No, no. Bad luck. That's how superstitious he is. He just wears a raincoat. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Daffy ducks it. <laughs> There's a Donald duck. I don't know. Yeah. Stay Both. tuned for more of that in Montana Walleye Tour. That's right. Oh, yeah. What up. underwear brand supposedly changed their logo because of the bad luck it brought fishermen? Seth, I think we're just waiting on you. This guy's never been it's on It's not a boat first before. light, Seth. Corey, you know this one? <laughs> New. Second slowest answer in the room, but you, you don't think you know. I got a oh. really great answer, is it, though. Is it okay. a company that specifically makes underwear, or is it like a clothing brand? I can give you any hints. Yeah, da, 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 da. All right. What underwear brand supposedly changed their logo because of the bad luck it brought fishermen? Does everybody have an answer? <laughs> Go ahead and reveal <laughs> your answers. We have Max saying Banana Republic, Rick saying Fruit of the Loom, uh. Brody, Hanzi, Maggie all sang Fruit of the Loom. Corey sang Banana Republic. Seth sang Lucky. Yana sang Fruit of the Loom. The room did very well. The answer is Fruit of the Loom. The story goes that a Fruit of the Loom executive was on a fishing charter that wasn't having any luck. The captain said it was because of the banana on the logo of their underwear, which caused them to rip off their tags and throw them in the ocean. After that, they couldn't keep fish off their line. But... This was proved to be a hoax, which Joe Cermelli covered on our website. If you want to learn more on this story, then go to TheMeatEater.com and read our article called Barroom Banter, Did Fishing Superstition Change Our Underpants Forever? Do you think they were just in a, like, a bad fishing spot during the time before they ripped off the tags? There's, there's, quite a, there's <laughs> like a lot to this story. Uh, like I said, you need to go read Joe's article on, on how this myth came to be and what the real story is on Fruit of the Loom and marketing. bananas. Does it come down to marketing? No. No. Phil, give us a scoreboard update. We have two questions left. And unfortunately, we have to bid adieu to Max, Corey, and Maggie. Oh. Thanks for playing. Corey, a usual <laughs> strong competitor, out of the game. With I don't two know my underwear left. that well, I okay. guess. Okay. <laughs> 
Uh, but still in the game, we have Seth, Rick, and Hanzi with five points apiece, Brody with six, and Giannis Putellas holding strong in first place with seven points. Thanks for has one wrong answer so far. That's only uh, one, a cushion of one. It's not strong, I don't think. That's though. true, yeah. I'm still writing down my answers, though. Yeah, you can okay. keep playing. Good. Question nine. <laughs> the topic is woodsmanship. This next great question comes to us via Mike Steffen. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What are the three colors on a coral snake? What are the three colors mm. on a coral snake? Very quick answers from the whole room. This might be one where everybody gets it. What are the three colors on a coral snake? I don't know about everybody getting it. Yeah. Giannis with the slowest answer, the man in the lead. Maybe he's just trying to give Brody some hope playing head games. Yeah, right? he might be messing. Mm-hmm. Looking for the three colors. No chit chat. On a coral well, snake. Well, Giannis is writing his answer down. Has anyone ever seen a coral snake? I think so. Only on Where? the animal planet. Listen, you can't be talking. It's too much information. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Hold that Because <laughs> Giannis could have been with Seth okay. when he saw it. Okay. Oh, fair, right. oh. fair point. Bat snake? Are you, sure it wasn't a, <laughs> are you sure it wasn't a milk snake? Fair point. <laughs> very similar. There's a little rhyme that you, goes yeah. along with this snake. And if I could just remember that little rhyme, then I could give have it the right answer. Yanni, <clears throat> run out of time. Ten. <laughs> nine. Eight. Well, I like Seven, the countdown. Six. Well, <laughs> that's five, a lot of pressure. Four. This could three, put two, Brody one. tied for the lead. I'm Good. ready. Everybody else have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying red, white, black. Rick saying red, yellow, black. Brody saying red, black, yellow. Hansi saying yellow, red, brown. Maggie saying black, red, white. Corey saying red, white, black. Ooh, Seth saying red, yellow, black. Giannis saying red, black, white. I couldn't remember. Red touches yellow. He's Kill a, fu- a fellow. Oh. The correct touch answer. Is black. Friend of Jack. Is red, black, and yellow. Ah! Yes. As Brody just said, ah, it's between black and the brown. poem that helps you remember this is Red on Yellow, Kill a Fella, Red on Black, A Friend to Jack. This rhyme is supposed to remind you that coral snakes are a highly venomous species, while imposters are not. It's mostly accurate for the United States, but doesn't hold true for the rest of the world. The imposter is a king. Is it king snake? Well, I think also Corey no, pointed out no, a milk it's snake. A, it's a milk um, snake. There, there's quite a few yeah. um, that have evolved to look very similar to a coral snake. I'm gonna I'm gonna fight this one a little bit because brown. I mean, black is like an absence of color, isn't Hansi, it? Hansi, how many points you got? <laughs> I mean, I mean, he's got a decent yeah, amount, but he's, he's got five. Uh, yeah, yeah. If he got, if you, we gave him this, he would still be in the game technically. I, I don't think it's right. Uh, it's, yeah, especially when I'm you not, go by the rhyme. Um, yeah. I like you, Hansi, but not enough to give you brown. <laughs> I, I just hey, stay I away try. from all snakes. Yeah, you know? Question strong, ten. Strong give us another scoreboard update, Phil, for where we stand with Yanni getting that wrong. Uh, yeah, well, Rick and Seth are tied with six points, and now Brody and Giannis are tied with seven. Down to the wire. Question Exciting. 10. The topic is hunting. My favorite. Name you two. Don't, you don't do that. <laughs> Name two of the top three states 
with the most mountain goat entries in the Boone and Crockett record books. Name two of the top three states with the most mountain goat entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. If I get all three, do I automatically win? No. <laughs> Go from two to ten. Golden snitch question. Um, Name two of the top three states with the most mountain goat entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. Phil, did I use that reference right? You did. It's okay. one of the dumbest rules of Quidditch. It's so stupid. <laughs> what are the other dumb rules? Well, the whole game's kind of dumb, okay. but the fact that you catch this ball and you your team... Uh-huh. The thing, she realized it was really dumb after she wrote it, so then in the fourth oh, book, no. someone catches the snitch and still loses uh, oh, because the happen? other team scored way so many points with the quaffle. I'll shut up now. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Again, the question is name two of the top three states with Thank the you. most mountain goat entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. Remind you that Giannis and Brody are tied, and I would give those two the best chance of getting this one right. Everybody ready? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Max saying Alaska, Colorado. Rick saying Alaska, Colorado. Brody saying Alaska, Montana. Hansi without an answer. Maggie saying Wyoming, Alaska. Corey saying Wyoming, Montana. Seth saying Alaska, Idaho. Giannis saying Alaska and Washington. The three states are Alaska, Montana, and Washington. Which gives Giannis and Brody the correct answer. Alaska has had 317 mountain goat entries in the Boone and Crockett record book. That's followed by Montana at 110, Washington at 87, Utah at 78, and Nevada at 44. Brody and Giannis both have eight correct answers, which means we're going to overtime. Play the drop, Phil. Tiebreaker. You ain't first, you're last. Best of luck, Giannis. That doesn't make any sense at all. Thanks, Brody. You First, you're last. You, you can be second. You can be third, fourth. Hell, you can be fifth. The tie-breaking question. The topic is hunting. What is the average cost to get a white-tailed deer shoulder-mounted as of December 2022? I got this number by looking at the prices from over 30 taxidermists across the country. What is the average cost to get a white-tailed deer shoulder-mounted as of December 2022. Write your answer to two decimal places. So if you think it's, write your answer like $1.05, something like that. Giannis, how many deer do you have shoulder-mounted? Zero. Brody, how many deer Zero. do you have shoulder-mounted? Okay. Because you know how much it costs to make a skull mount yourself? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. The rest of the room can play along, oh. but it only matters what Giannis and Brody Say, there's gonna be a winner. Unless I'm, I'm thinking about playing some dirty That's why you need here. to you need to write to You're two good. decimal places. Brody, you feel good about this? Nah, I mean I think there's like a five hundred dollar ballpark that <laughs> okay. it falls into. I have, I have a question. Did you spread this across the whole like your the whole country? Sample, the whole yeah, country. I was looking okay. at New York, Kentucky, Montana, Texas, and I looked at thirty over thirty different taxidermists. Giannis, you feel okay about this? Yep. I feel like you two grew up in like the shoulder deer mounting capitals. Yeah, of the but world. it was a lot cheaper back then. That's right. You know, it's still cheaper. Like, I definitely know how much some people have paid for them in the past, mm-hmm. but like, when was this? When's this from? Yesterday. No. I pulled this data yesterday. 
Brody, I like I your point. I recently had some taxidermy done, and uh, might be my last piece. Uh, <laughs> You're telling expensive. me, man. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. right. You did too. Does Brody, everybody yeah. who's going to come up with an answer have an answer? Brody, I like your point. The European mounts are zero. Yep. That's what. That's what's nice. Well, nice you know, you them. got a few bucks yeah. invested in shit. Brody, you're still writing over there. Yep. You have an answer mm-hmm. to two decimal I places. Got a good one. Okay, go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Rick saying six hundred twenty-five dollars and fifty cents. Hansi saying two hundred seventy-six dollars and fourteen cents. Oh, I wish. Seth saying <laughs> no one thousand two hundred fifty dollars and fifty cents, and uh, our two competitors left. We have Brody saying eight ninety nine fifty, and Giannis saying seven hundred dollars and one cent. One of you is within five dollars of the correct answer. Holy shit! Which wow. is quite amazing for two fellas who have zero deer that are shoulder mounted. The correct answer is six hundred ninety five dollars <sighs> and thirty one cents, making Giannis our winner. Well done, Giannis. That is a oh, hell of a nice. guess. That's yeah, as good as nice like work. hitting it right on the nose, is getting within $5. That's great. The lowest I saw was $475, and the highest I saw was $900. So a $425 difference between the top and the bottom of the market. That actually sounds cheap to me. It does. It does Six, sound cheap. Uh, I got a deer shoulder mounted like in- probably a decade ago, and it was 600 bucks. Must have went to a good taxidermist. It, yeah, it was a good taxidermist, but yeah, I think that that's including all these guys doing it in their garage. Like, yeah. Hey, you do this for me. Six ninety five thirty one. Giannis, as the winner, you get to choose where our five hundred dollar donation goes. So what's it going to be? I want to choose the uh, Montana Wilderness School. Without going into too much detail, just think uh, like a outdoor or outward bound program, but for Montana kids specifically. You need to get go into more detail though, because I don't even know what this is. Well, it's basically a program that, that gets kids outdoors, all different kinds of adventures over the summer, um, you know, mountain climbing, rock climbing, kayaking, they teach hunting, trapping even. Um, it's a great program and it gets a lot of Montana kids specifically out into the woods. Yep. Trying to get my kid in there for a little. I like it. Little First adventure. time we have ever donated there. One more time. What's it called, Yanni? The Montana Wilderness School. Well done, Yanni. It was a good fight that you let Brody come back. Ooh, I know. I lo- well, I was I had a crushed remember him. I had a lead going into question mm-hmm. eight uh last week yep. and Hayden came back and beat me. So I was yep. feeling it. Well, I think it's worth pointing out that Yanni is on a tear recently. He is. He's doing great. <laughs> I said this before. It happens. I don't think Yanni understood the game when we started playing. <laughs> and now now when I send what out do you a mean? what's not to understand. <laughs> Now, when I send out an invite, Yanni's the I first think, one to reply. He says, I will be there. I will not go mountain lion hunting just so I can come win. You're confusing trivia. me with Steven Ronella. <laughs> you think so? Mm-hmm. Well done, Yanni. Join us next time for more Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. First Light has always made the world's best base layers. They're warm, breathable, silent, and odor-resistant. 
but the women's fit and the gear weren't meeting our demands. So we went back to the beginning and rebuilt everything, re-engineering the gear with the most dedicated female hunters in mind. First Light modernized the fit and added more sizes, colors, and camo patterns. I personally have been testing the women's gear over the last couple of years, uh, from the mountains in Idaho to the plains in Nebraska, and I feel like the fit especially has landed in a much better spot. It's more true to size. It's not as tight and binding in certain areas like a lot of women's fit. Uh, All of the pieces, to me, got an all-around upgrade. It's awesome to see. So for yourself or as a gift this Mother's Day, pick up First Light's new women's merino wool and get free shipping on all orders containing women's gear. Available now at F-I-R-S-T-L-I-T-E dot com.